So that Liefeld episode was from November 16th, 2011. Then an interesting triple feature with Dan Slott, Gail Simone, and again, Marty Pascal. This from July of 2011. Then we had a Mad Fraction chat, a fireside chat, from August 3rd of 2012. And finally, number 10 is a great conversation with Dave Gibbons from uh, June 5th of 2012. Okay, more questions. Uh, My buddy Noah Cutler, the calculator, as you know, uh, a good friend of uh, Brad Meltzer's as well, has the shift from iPods to phones with podcast playing capabilities to cars now wired to play podcasts changed the format or style of interview you do on the podcast? Not really. Because at the end of the day, these are just, you know, basic radio style interviews without the commercial interruptions and uh, gives me more time to uh, have the wider canvas and I don't have to break every six minutes. Remind everyone that, oh, by the way, we're listening to Guest X. Of course, you know it's Guest X. You downloaded the show. So the, the technology really hasn't changed the way that I am making the shows. At the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, this really is no different than me doing radio interviews. Who are my grail guests that I'd like to interview? Jason Ford asked that question. Uh, It's a short list, Jason, because I've been very fortunate. And uh, with the cooperation of all the publishers and conventions, I've uh, every every time I get to interview, especially some of the Bronze Age old timers, that's a thrill for me because a lot of these creators were my storytellers when I was a little kid. And to to have had so many conversations with Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams – and, uh, I mean, these are people that I've already had. These aren't grail guests. The the big uh, giant white whale is uh, Jim Steranko. Jim Steranko is, uh, Bendis has described him, the Orson Welles of comics, a small body of work but so influential uh, from a writing and uh, design standpoint. Um, he fascinates me. He literally was a magician escape artist. He was the inspiration for Mr. Miracle, as you may know, for Jack Kirby in the fourth world. Um, He's just led a very interesting life and has amazing stories. He designed Indiana Jones before they cast Indiana Jones. It's one of my favorite Steranko pieces is the painting that he did um, that luckily Harrison Ford lived up to in his portrayal of uh, Indiana Jones. But he's he's just a fascinating guy. And... um, and he's elusive. He's kind of a cross between Orson Welles and J.D. Salinger and has kind of teased me over the years in a good-natured way. Um, you know, I, I, Jim doesn't know me by name, but once, you know, I mean, certainly he recognizes me. And uh, we've had enough conversations off the air uh, where we have, you know, developed a rapport. He knows that I lo- much like my conversations with Howard Chaikin, uh, Jim is another guy who loves old pulps and classic movies and I'm a huge fan of that stuff as well as you know so I speak their language even though these guys are uh, 10 and 20 years even 30 years older than me and uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure so I would say that my one great white whale is Jim Steranko as much as I admired Stan Lee and certainly would have loved the opportunity and I am sorry that I didn't get a chance to talk to him um, 
it was hard to get to Stan. I wasn't on the right side of the velvet ropes. And that was no fault of Stan's. You know, he had people protecting him. And, you know, I'm sure compared to talking to CNN or Kevin Smith or USA Today or any other big media outlet or celebrity, you know, I was small potatoes. So I never really did get a chance to uh, talk to Stan. And that's that's a disappointment. I'm glad I got to talk to Gene Colan before he passed away. Um, I'm glad I got to meet Tony DeZuniga, the creator of Jonah Hex, before he passed away. Um, so uh, I've been very, very fortunate and uh, continue to be. And now with my association with Terrificon, the uh, Connecticut uh, show that I did last summer, Mitch Halleck, our buddy, who uh, puts on an amazing show and always has great classic creators. Those those are the people that I get really, really excited about talking to because I am fascinated by what it was like working in the offices back then, what it was like uh, being a freelancer. I'd like to talk to Jim Shooter at some point, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that I will make that possible. Um, so there's another guy that uh, I haven't had on. Ramona Fraden, the wonderful creator who co-created Metamorpho and Aquaman, and uh, she's she's a brilliant woman. I really want to talk as well with uh, Trina Robbins. Um, there, there's two women that I really admire their work. I'd love to talk to Anna Setti. I think uh, her follow-up to Frank Miller's Daredevil was uh, incredible. And uh, I uh, would love to pick her brain on the various storytelling she's done. Louise Simonson, uh, Walter's been incredible, and when I see Louise at conventions, she's always incredibly friendly, but I just haven't nailed that time. And God, Louise did so much as a writer, but also as an editor, and she worked for Jim Warren on Creepy and Eerie, um, so I would love to get her perspective on her decades in comics. Um, Linda Lensman, who uh, is Bill Reinhold's wife, but she was also a very important person during uh, the Bronze Age of comics. Uh, she used to be uh, Barry Windsor Smith's girlfriend, and uh, they, uh, you know, she's the one who found the loft that became the studio where Windsor Smith and Mike Kaluta and Bernie Wrightson and Jeffrey Jones all worked together, and uh, that was a really interesting time. And I know Linda has wonderful stories. And uh, eventually we will sit down and do a, a great interview. She's always been a, incredibly gracious. So I'm really lucky, man. I, I really get to uh, talk to a lot of these people and uh, make a lot of these uh, Grail interviews possible and come true. How about my buddy Jason Inman who asks, favorite single issue of a comic book ever? Well, I'll tell you, man, I think that what if issue of Captain America uh, having survived World War II, Bucky taking over as Cap, and uh, Steve Rogers becoming basically the Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, that's one of my all-time favorite comics. Um, the, uh, the great uh, story uh, that Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore did um, with the Black Orchid, and now it's the, the, for the man who has everything. And we finally get Superman's wish fulfillment of what his life would have been like on Krypton. And he's married and he has kids. And Jor-El is a frustrated political figure whose scientific theories were proven wrong. Krypton didn't explode. Uh, I thought that was an incredible story. And it, uh, it still resonates with me. And also just the heartbreak of Clark reaching out to his young son, or I guess Cal, 
and thinking, I don't know if you're real or not. And then when he realizes it's all been a ploy by Mongol and Superman cuts loose and he has that great moment where he just says burn and he focuses his heat vision on Mongol. What a great moment. It's always when the heroes take the safeties off and they really let their powers loose. Another great example of that was during Civil War when the kingpin tried to assassinate Anne May and Peter went into the, the cell block and challenged Kingpin, did not hold back. It wasn't even a fair fight. Beat the shit out of the Kingpin. And it's like, this is what happens when you try to go after my family. Remember what I can do. Uh, there's that great moment in Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock is in Spider-Man's body and he shatters the tarantula's jaw. And he's like, oh my God, he's been holding back all these years. That's really cool. When these when these guys are really, you know, uh, just at their absolute feral and, and ready to attack, that's always exciting to me because that's when the safety is off and you don't know what's going to happen. And isn't it funny that we all know comics and we all know ultimately things are going to work out, but it's that ability to create a scene – where you really are shocked by the character moment. I'll give you another favorite character moment of mine, of course, from Watchmen, when Rorschach's in prison and he's in line, and the convict is about to uh, shiv Rorschach, and he grabs the deep fryer vat and throws it on the guy. And a little prison riot breaks out, the guards are pulling Rorschach away, and it's funny, it's in the movie, and he kind of screams the line, but in my mind, in the comic book, he says it very cam- com- uh, calmly and says, none of you understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're all locked in here with me. That's when a hero is at his most dangerous. And I, that always intrigues me when we get scenes like that. Roger Vestal asked, what's my opinion of the Orville? Kind of talked about it earlier. I like the Orville. I really do. I think Seth MacFarlane is fulfilling what he said he was going to do with the Orville. And it's light adventure. And I think it does a good job, as science fiction should, in terms of occasionally addressing social questions of the day. They did that a lot in season one in a few episodes. And um, they've got Next Generation and Star Trek people working on the show. And it's the best uh, fantasy and special effects parts of a Star Trek-like show. The humor is part of it, but it's not way out in front where it's space balls and a wacky, obvious parody. Um, I like the balance. And I think Seth MacFarlane continues to show that he's a bit more of a credible actor than I think he was initially given credit. And I like Adrian Palicki, and I like everybody on the show. I'm really glad Beverly Johnson is on the show as the ship's doctor. Um, Like I said, my only little quibbles are I really don't care when they focus on Beverly Johnson's kids. Um, I want to know more about the crew. I can't remember the guy's name, but the helmsman, that's uh, McFarland's best friend. I think there's a lot more to explore with him. Um, I love the chief engineer. I think he's a great character as well. It's interesting. I don't know if Norm MacDonald is still on the show or not, but I thought he was kind of funny and good comic relief. Maybe that CGI is a little too expensive to maintain. But I, I do think this show is still finding its footing, but it keeps going in the right direction. And um, there's room for lighthearted 
Star Trek Light Fair, as well as if you want to, you know, get serious. Why so serious? As Heath Ledger told us as the Joker. But uh, it can work. But I also think that Trek always had, the best versions of Trek always had a little lightheartedness in there mixed in with the adventure. And also exploring interesting social questions. And I think the social media episode of The Orville was a really good episode. Uh, I love the episode where um, the aliens have their baby and it's a girl and their species prefer to have males. And I thought that was a very interesting question of, you know, how do you handle that? Um, that's that's when sci-fi, sci-fi is at its best. And I think The Orville is hitting those notes. And um, it seems – I haven't seen what the ratings have been like for these first two new episodes, but I've enjoyed them. And again, I think they're going in the right direction, and I hope it's a show that gets uh, many more seasons t- uh, and a chance to explore these characters and these ideas. Alex Chung asks, what's my favorite recent comic books? Uh, loving what Steve Orlando is doing both with Electric Warriors and Martian Manhunter. I think that stuff is great. ta Coates is doing an excellent job on Captain America. Very excited about Chip Zdarsky's run coming up on Daredevil. I thought Charles Soule did an amazing job on Daredevil. It's one of the classic runs. Uh, Slot's doing great work on Fantastic Four. Uh, Haven't read uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, first issue of Aquaman, but looking forward to it. Of course, my buddies, Tom King's killing it on Batman, killing it on Heroes in Crisis. I really love what Bendis is doing on Superman. Yeah, he's my friend. Um, But unlike the X-Men which was, I wouldn't call it a chore, but because Brian's my friend, I felt, well, I know I was going to be talking to him, so I felt obligated to read it. I love reading Superman. I love all the cameos that he's been putting in Superman. I love the way that he's handling the planet background. I love the uh, outer space stuff. I love uh, Rogol Czar or whatever his name is, the potential uh, you know destroyer of Krypton. And I think there's some interesting DC Cosmic stuff to be explored in that whole area. I think uh, Brian is handling John Kent well. We'll see coming ahead now that John is back from his trip with Zor- with Jor-El, uh, how he's changed. Uh, I hope uh, I hope he's still uh, John Kent, the John Kent that we love. But we'll we'll see. I'm I'm interested. Uh, looking forward to uh, what Brian is going to be doing with Young Justice and um, those characters as well. What else can I tell you as I'm thinking in my head? Star Wars books are amazing from Marvel. Uh, everyone's on their top game, and I think they're only adding to the uh, mythos in, in the best possible ways. I loved it when Dark Horse had the fr- uh, license as well, but uh, it almost just does seem like Marvel is getting to do a lot more uh, with Star Wars than what uh, Dark Horse did, and likely because now they're all in the same company as well. I'm still waiting for that Indiana Jones book. I don't know what's taking them so long, but I can't wait for it to happen. Um, Brian Hitch and uh, Robert Vendetti are doing an amazing job on Hawkman. I love the way that mythos has expanded into space. And uh, I'm intrigued. I don't think issue 8 has come out yet with uh, the Hawkman of Krypton. But I'm looking forward to that. And uh, by the way, Brian Hitch, uh, while I've been here in the hospital, sent me an email. And he's like, hey, man, ready for a new talk? And I said, let me heal up, and we'll be talking soon. So I would expect in the first quarter of uh, this year a new talk with Brian Hitch. And i got to get Vendetti on, too, because 
I I wasn't really reading his Green Lantern stuff, but I do I do think he's doing an amazing job on Hawkman. Love what Josh Williamson's been doing on The Flash. Still very intriguing. Back to Tom King. Great wrap-up to Mr. Miracle. Heroes in Crisis is a very intriguing story that still has a lot of questions. I'm loving Doomsday Clock. I'm sorry that it's on such a slow schedule, but I do think it's an interesting uh, story and uh, intriguing and uh, in a way, in a better way than even the before Watchmen stories were. I'm not against that stuff as a reader per se, and I certainly respect everyone who doesn't want to even support that stuff because they feel that's Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' territory, and nobody else should touch this stuff. Totally respect that. But for me, I got to be honest: if they're making product and it's decent, I am happy to read it. And uh, I do think Doomsday Clock has been great. Gary Frank is an incredible artist, and I think Jeff Johns, obviously, at his best, and I think he's telling an incredible story. So I'm looking forward to what's to come in the future of both the DC and Marvel universes. Um, those are the books in, in my in you know my my the front of my mind right now. Uh, I'm sure there are more image books. And um, I've told you before, I like books like from Aftershock. Brothers Dracul is fantastic. I love The Last Space Race. I think that's a really good uh, book that uh, Aftershock is currently doing. I love Jimmy's Bastards. Um, so uh, there's there's another company. Boom, doing great work. Love the James Bond stuff that Dynamite's been doing. Uh, Greg Parker and Mark Lamming are doing a terrific odd job story right now. And, man, Mark is killing it on the art. And, of course, Greg knows what he's doing from a writing standpoint. And I love great James Bond stories. And I have to say, Dynamite has done an excellent job with the James Bond franchise. (laughs) Mitch Halleck of Terrificon asked me, which doctor do I want to see at the hospital? Dr. Strange, Dr. Fate, Dr. Druid, or Dr. Doom? Well, I I would feel in the most safe hands of uh, Stephen Strange, given his surgeon background. So I'd have to say him. But I love Dr. Fate. Um, not a big Dr. Druid fan. i got to be honest with you. And uh, Doom is, you know, Dr. Doom's Dr. Doom. He's one of the greatest uh, villains ever. So, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. So there you go, everybody. Uh, some uh, uh, listener questions and uh, some of my thoughts on some of the current TV. Um, I might do another word balloon like this where it's just me uh, reading some books, reviewing some books, and telling you what I think of them. Um, and again, I've got those five episodes in the can. The plan is hopefully this week, it's getting really close to them releasing me from the hospital. I will be at a, um, uh, a rehab center to get back on my feet fully and be a little more mobile, but everything's pointing in the right direction. I don't want ever anyone to worry. I thank you very much for listening and your concern. The support I've seen on social media really means a lot and, uh, it keeps my spirits up. So uh, it's it's so gratifying to have uh, the friends and family that I do that have really stepped up at this uh, little mini crisis moment of mine. But uh, the good news is I am get I am feeling better. I'm feeling stronger every day, and this infection is slowly uh, curing itself. So everything's going to be fine, and I look forward to seeing you at a convention. And getting back on the regular Word Balloon schedule. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, We'll we'll talk to you in a a few days, if not in a week or so, and do another one of these. Uh, If not uh, from the hospital, then 
uh, I'll finally start cranking out some of those episodes I've been telling you that I've got in the can. But until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2019.